Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. Week five, episode five of Beyond the Negotiation on Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in again. I'm Sam Tiger, and I'm joined with my friend and co-host Higgins Success. This week, we are taking on something else very critical in our careers as agents, scouting. We're joined with former Steelers, Vikings, NFL PA Bowl, and current independent owner of Forever Fit Elite training and consulting owner, BJ McNorton. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So how, first we like to start off. How was everyone's weekend? Higgins, how was, how was Memphis? Uh, Memphis was good. Memphis was very chill. Got to spend some time with some college friends that I haven't seen in a couple of years. So definitely very, very enjoyable. Um, had a chance to go out to Bill Street and visit some museums and check out some cool things in Memphis. So had a real good time. I have a quick question from your, um, I think it was Snapchat. What is a cotton candy mimosa? <laughs> I saw that and it looked very intriguing. Yeah. So we was out having brunch on Sunday before my flight back. And one of my boys, you know, the waitress came and she was just describing their drink menu and all of that. And he was like, yeah, I'll try that. I want to try the cotton candy mimosa. So obviously all the guys had to give him a hard time for that. She comes out with his sweet looking drinks and cotton candy on top of it. It was definitely, (laughs) um, yeah, I didn't have one. I'm just going to put that out there. I did not try it. All right. Well, we got something to live for. You've had one, BJ? I would have tried one. (laughs) I would have tried one. I definitely would (laughs) have. I definitely would have. But anyways, (laughs) everyone's weekend was good. I, what did I do? It seemed like so long ago. I was not traveling, but it was a good weekend. Kind of slow on the college football because of all the cancellations. But, you know, we're, we're keeping the train moving. So anyways, let's get into our questions. So a lot of our listeners are they're not just interested in the agent business, they're interested in sports biz as a whole, including scouting, heavy on the scouting actually. So as someone who's scouted and been around the NFL and scouted NFL talent, first, what made you wanna pursue scouting? Um, And also take us what the life of an NFL scout actually looks like. We really try to keep it real on this podcast. We, we always joke like I uh, Higgins has never seen ballers, but I, in the first episode, I said, it's for so many of us agents, it's not like ballers. So walk us through why you wanted to, to start scouting and what it actually looks like. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on today. Um, in terms of how I wanted to get into scouting, uh, I've been around football my entire life. My uh, my dad played 10 years uh, for the Lions and for the Dolphins. Um, so when I was younger, I was always in, you know, in locker rooms, he's a high school coach. And then he started uh, scouting for the Lions back, shoot, in 90 eight-ish something like that or mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit later than that 
but um, you know, he's been scouting for over 20 years. And then I uh, was just kind of always around it. He, you know, when I was growing up, he would send me little, little highlight tapes or, you know, he'd send me a little piece of paper and say, write a report on this guy when I was in oh, high school. And I was okay. like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll write it. Yeah, so I was like writing up, you know, just small little reports. They weren't good, but I was writing. He just said, just write what you see. And, uh, you know, playing college, I played college football at uh, University of St. Francis. And uh, about my sophomore year, I realized I wasn't going to get much bigger. And I probably wasn't going to have the, that dream of playing in the NFL. And I knew that scouting was kind of uh, my way to stick around it. Mm-hmm. So I uh, got in there and did some uh, internships right after college and got into scouting, which I knew I wanted to do. I, I loved watching the game of football. I could, uh, I loved analyzing it. I was more of a, uh, I was more of a player fan than I am a, a team fan for the most part. Uh, growing up in Detroit, it's kind of tough being a Lions fan. So you got to you got to become a player fan. Typical life of a of a scout, though. Um, it's lonely. There's two different sides of it. For yeah, I mean, there's two different sides of it. There's either the pro or the college side. I've been on both sides of it. Um, when it comes to the college side, it's uh, like you said, Sam. It's kind of lonely. Uh, you know, you kind of beginning of the year, you get your your list of, of schools. Um, a lot of people always ask, you know, do you just grade a certain position? Do you only, do you only scout receivers? Do you only scout this? No, we get uh, basically regions and or yep. schools. Um, so you'll get, yeah, you'll get an area. Um, so you get, you know, depending on your, your, your tenure in the, in the league or, or kind of determine how many schools you get, but you usually get between 15 and uh, some of the more advanced scouts get about 60 schools uh, and you go through and you, you grade every draft eligible player. Um, so if they're, if they're able to come out, you write a report on them, whether it's a passing, whether it's a reject grade or whether it's a first round grade, you, you write a report on them. Um, you're kind of on the road every day. Uh, good. Cause you do get to set your schedule. Um, so you can, choose to be out. Most scouts will kind of go out Monday morning and uh, depending on what team you're with, you'll uh, go out Monday morning uh, and stay out till Saturday uh, mm-hmm. with the game and then come back home, you know, come back home Saturday after a game or Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Some scouts will even go out for two weeks at a time and just kind of get a rental car and just drive. Uh, definitely when I was with the PA, I was there'd be trips where I'd be in a car for a whole week, just driving from Michigan to Indiana, to Kentucky, to Illinois, to Ohio, and back all in, all in a week. Um, on the pro side, it's, it's a little bit less travel. You're kind of closer. You're, you're stuck in the, in the office for the most part. Um, you're doing advances, uh, watching film on your next opponent. Uh, we actually work a week ahead in pro scouting. So if, say, I was uh, working for, when I worked for the Steelers, um, right now I think they play they play Jacksonville this week, and I think they play uh, Baltimore next week. So oh, this yeah, week I'd be working on Baltimore because Jacksonville would, yeah, 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 Jacksonville would already be done. Um, so you're kind of going through 
you're looking at their strengths, their weaknesses, you're trying to get tendencies and uh, you're bringing all of that to the coaches for, for Monday morning. As soon as they're done with their game against Jacksonville, you bring all that stuff to the coaches, you present, you say, this is what I think they did good. This is what I think they do bad. Um, here's where I think they could be ex exploited. This is what this person did. These are their injuries. Here's who's playing for them. Here's who's starting. This is what all of our scouts say about them. Uh, so that's kind of how, how the pro side goes and you go from there. So that was a lot. And that was amazing. Cause I think that a lot of people, yeah. it's the same thing with agents. I think a lot of, um, you know, you look at it and you say, okay, I want to be a scout or I want to be an agent or I want to be this. And when you actually dive into it, there are so many different kind of ways that it's done or, or actually, I won't want to say that I say misconceptions um, on the job itself. So actually question for you, kind of like to roll, actually continue on that for you personally, what did you like better? The on the road life you know the college type of I'm on the road for you know seven days I'm you know st staying in a hotel yeah. for two days at, or the pro side I'm at the facility watching the you know doing that side of things which one do you did you like better being a younger person yeah you know they both have their their pros and cons I think me uh doing it in my younger age um you know no wife no kids and uh kind of no responsibilities really at home. I love being on the road, being a college scout. Um, you got to travel, uh, see a lot of places. Uh, you're not there, there that long, but you get to see a lot of places. You kind of get to project uh, where these guys are going to be. And mm -hmm. I, I like the ability to kind of find the, the diamond in the rough, as they like to say, um, you know, because you can look back on it and you can say, wow, like I saw this guy when he was, at you know Youngstown or you know yeah. some small school you'd be like oh yeah I saw this guy at, at this small school I thought he was going to be really good and then even if your team doesn't draft him you can go back and say hey I gave that guy a good grade mm -hmm. I knew he was going to be good and now you see that he's doing great things so um, I definitely like that I think for a lot of the older scouts um, they kind of like the the pro side because you are in you're the closer office, to home. you're yeah. at home. Yeah, you're closer to home. You have more of a kind of a more set schedule um, than anything. So yeah, no, you, can, you can go both ways. But for a younger guy, college is the way. Get to see all the fun. Yeah. I was saying in our recruiting episode, I was like, I love going on recruiting trips. I miss it this year. It's not it's not the same this year. Yeah. But I was like, I love going to like random places in Indiana not well not I love Bloomfield but you know yeah. I just speak so highly of the college <laughs> towns because you don't know until you actually go and when you're there alone you're just like hello you know you talk to everybody so I don't know if every oh, scout yeah, does yeah. that but I know I do so, so I anyways. mean as a scout you definitely as a scout you definitely it, it's crazy you do talk to everybody uh, I mean we're trying to get as much information as we can from anybody that we can so we're talking to, uh, you know, professors, we're talking to trainers, we're talking to uh, strength and conditioning coaches, we're talking yeah. to teammates, you know, like we're talking to the water people on the sideline. Mm -hmm. uh, we're watching practice, we're talking to all these, all these types of people just kind of trying to soak up as much information about the players that, you know, our teams are looking to invest millions of dollars in. 
That, that's interesting, man, that you talk about, you know, talking to all of these different people when you go recruit a player or you go scout a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times players think that, hey, the scout's just going to pop up my film and they're going to see me making great plays and things like that. But you guys actually do a lot of homework. You talk to a lot of people that they may not even think about, though they may not even, you know, could even imagine you actually talking to a professor and asking that professor about that player, you know, things like that. But that's what's up, man. I definitely learned quite a bit. I did not know you guys um, scouted a week ahead, so you just taught me something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be tough to to scout, you know, uh, Jacksonville this week when we're playing them on Sunday. Uh, You got to have all that information for all the coaches. And then, like I said, just with, with talking to everybody, I mean, uh, I know I know quite a few scouts, and one of the things that we do, we try to get we try to get in good with the uh, the head coaches at colleges, their assistant. <laughs> that person knows most of everything, mm-hmm. uh, so make sure that cause they they know when you're late, they know when you're called to the coach's office, they know when you have something going wrong because they're usually the ones sending out the emails, you know, with uh, any type of disciplinary actions or any uh congratulations on doing something good you know we don't always just look for the negative stuff we look for the positive Um, they usually know all the recruits that came in from high school so they know everything that they did even in high school so those um those head coaching assistants are a gold mine of information now uh, i'm gonna go ahead and lead into our second question here i know sam and i we spoke last week um, doing our recruiting episode on things that we look for off the field, right? So those things that are pretty much deal breakers for us when we're recruiting players. So you being a scout, do you have any deal breakers as far as off the field? I know we hear sometimes about, you know, players um, draft stock dropping because of their involvement with certain groups of people or things that have happened with, you know, legality and things like that. So do you have any red flags or deal breakers? Personally, I do. Um, I think it, it's kind of a, uh, it's a sliding scale for everybody. Uh, for most teams, they have a, a system of kind of grading those, uh, those, those actions, I guess you could say, off the field. Uh, sometimes you can have it where, for me, any type of like, domestic violence uh, or any type of, you know, especially a felony. Most of the time, though, they're just kind of no-brainers. You can kind of tell which ones are the no-brainers, but uh, a lot, though, they're definitely deal breakers. Um, in terms of other things, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be a deal breaker if a guy, you know, take, take for instance, a couple of years ago, Dak Prescott, was on spring break and yes, everybody saw the video of him being in a fight. That's, that's not a deal breaker. <laughs> I mean, you're going to kind of look at it and you're going to, you might, you might ask him in, in the combine, like, Hey man, like what was going on? Like we kind of know, Hey, he was, pro- he was on spring break, probably had a couple drinks, probably some dudes tried to pick on, you know, pick a fight with them. Cool. Does it happen? Does it happen multiple times? Uh, I think it's it's definitely more about case the case. repetitiveness of the yeah it's repetitiveness of it 
so if you're going to keep on doing the same thing over and over again, then it's kind of like, I have a question. I, I, I don't here. know if it's a deal breaker, but it's yeah. Yeah. We could, we could sit no, and cut me off. Cause I could sit here all day and give you all these scenarios. What if it's like <laughs> just pure, like negligence, but it's something that is a, like a high profile um, situation. So say it's a, just a negligent thing. So like there was, I don't want to throw any like situations like in under the Yeah, tanker. yeah, exactly. Like there's yeah. players and they are all, they have guns in the car and it's not registered or something like that. And the, the program releases them. How are you going to view that if that player was um, projected to be, at a certain, you know, their projection was, was definitely draftable. Um, for, for those types of situations, again, it's still going to be a case by case situation. In those Mm -hmm. situations, we are, we're going to talk to even more people. So we're going to talk to the, the cops involved. We're going to talk to the arresting, you know, the, the head coach, usually, usually the head coach is kind of, is going to get that, is going to have a, a really good story. Um, we're definitely going to talk to that player. I know a lot of teams, uh, depending on the severity of it, they'll dock that player. If they were a third round grade draftable person, they'll dock that player like three rounds and say, hey, he was the third round talent, but he has this major, major issue. We're going to dock him. So we wouldn't even take him, even if he's on the board in the third round, we wouldn't take him until at least the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Um, that can kind of happen, but that also kind of depends on how good of a player you are. As bad as it sounds, how good no, of a player are truth. you? We can say it not. I mean, I know I say it till I'm blue in the face. And I think sometimes as agents, you know, it's me talking and I talk a lot. So all my players, thank you for always listening to me, but everything you do is being watched. And I think that's something that, you know, they might like, I might sound like mom or dad saying that, but it's the truth, right? Especially in social media age. I mean, you got so many people who thank you, all the people around you are just, yeah, all the, all the people around you are, are taking Snapchats. They're, you know, they're posting Instagram stories. Uh, One of the first things that we do in a draft meeting when we're going over a player the very first thing that our GM will ask is pull up their Instagram, you know, pull up their social media. What do they have on it? And that's the very first, that's like, before we even talk about them, he'll, he'll say, Hey, what's on their social media. And we'll be like, Oh, he's got this, this, and that, you know, Mm -hmm. just whatever it is. And it's just, it's again, it's not like a deal breaker, but it's just kind of a, okay, we got to look out for that. Exactly. I mean, the way I describe it when I'm, you know, speaking with my prospects or even I I say it to the people I'm recruiting um, just to just impart some knowledge on them as well as my current clients, you know, this is your resume as much as it is mine as an agent. You know, you're going to look at my Instagram. If I'm posting inappropriate stuff, do you think that a player and his family is going to say, you know what, that is, that is her. That is our agent. Absolutely not. But the same thing. And if Higgins is posting crazy, you know, going crazy with cotton candy mimosas, you know, mimosas (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) I mean, maybe that might be a little different, but you know, it's, it's the same thing. And I think that that is a huge 
when I've said that, it's sometimes I feel like I get not a, a negative kind of like kickback from it, but I think it's something that it's not really talked about because it's it's what it is. I don't know, Higgins, I don't know if you can add to that. I think players, you know, I just want to like let here to quote Jerry, help me help you in the sense that your social media matters. It really does. Definitely make sure, you know, to point that out to players that I'm recruiting. Also, I have a younger brother that's playing wide receiver at Alabama and them. And we talk about these things a lot. So, you know, when we when he calls me or he texts me and like, hey, bro, how's my game? You know, we don't just talk about football. So mm-hmm. I talk to him like, hey, you know, you got to make sure you, you're being careful what you're posting on your social media because you have dreams and aspirations of playing in the NFL. So, you know, for me, being that older brother and, you know, being around the business and kind of knowing some of the things that teams look for. And most of the times, honestly, on their defense, it's not even done in a hurtful manner, right? They're just having fun. We've all been in college before. We've all been, you know, we've all been out. We've all had some beverages before. So it's not like they're trying to hurt anyone or, you know, they're doing it in a hurtful way. But like you said, they have friends around them who don't have a career, who's not planning on being drafted or who don't even play sports. So they want to show off their friend, right? They want to make sure, hey, look who I got on my Snapchat or look who I have on my Instagram story. So they have to be careful of their surroundings, probably more often than themselves personally. So to go into our next question, it kind of, this is all kind of like is blurring into one, which is awesome. So what do you feel is the biggest misconception players have about the draft process? Um, I think players' biggest misconception about the draft process is that if you have a bad year, you can just go into a pro day or a combine and get drafted. Um, that's something that I hear a lot of times. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've talked with you, Sam, and I've talked with other agents, and you know, I've had people hit me up and say, "Hey, man, like I didn't play this year, but I got you know this workout tape." going out and I, I try to tell them I'm like cool <laughs> like at, at the end of the day we we kind of need to see we need to see you play on the field I mean yeah I can look like a a, a, a professional football player in shorts I mean I, I, everybody can do that everyone can go and do ladders at 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. and look great I can go and catch 100 balls against the air that are perfectly thrown to me with nobody covering me um, you know, we, we got to see that tape, um, uh, kind of one of the, one of the biggest things that I always like to tell people is that for most teams, now this isn't for all, you can make it to the NFL from just about anywhere. Um, if you play and you play and you dominate, well, I think it's actually one of the questions coming up, so I won't get too far into it yet, but, uh, you can make it there, but you just gotta, you, you gotta have the tape. Yeah. That, that's where that's where I come in for for scouting. I, I'm a huge tape guy. Um, kind of for for me, pro days and combines, they can they do one of two things. They either reassure what you thought on the field from the tape, or they make you go back and look at the tape and say, okay, hold on, maybe this guy might have a little something. Maybe I overlooked it. Maybe I looked at some bad games. Let me go look at some other games and see how he did. Um, but that's what, that's what, you know, short workouts do for me. 
So just <laughs> trying to collectively summarize that statement, you're saying you have great film and you have a great combine pro day. That's pretty good for you, correct? Yeah. And yeah. if you have, you know, not awful film, but it's, you know, it's a little iffy, you know, mm -hmm. here and there, but it, it's decent. And yeah. you come out and you have a stellar pro day. That's going to be like, can. okay, my eyes are going to open. I'm going to really kind of just let me relook at this player. Yes. Okay. Just, just wanted to make that yeah, clear. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sam, you're going to get like a thousand emails in the morning <laughs> from players with workouts, <laughs> short workouts, okay? I'm going to put my email as BJ's email. <laughs> I will, at the end, I will, I will give part. BJ a handle on my domain. They're going to hey, get some I, random part running 40s with their homeboys clocking it and send it to Sam Tiger. Hey, I'm definitely, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing in this consulting stuff now, but uh, I charge well, that. We'll discuss that <laughs> at the end, what you're doing, so we can get you, we'll get you some clients. But um, no, that was great. That really was great. I think, I really do think there's so many misconceptions and I don't know if it's me being a woman and when I say these things, but, you know, you and I, you know, we've, we've known yeah. each other for some time and you've always you know, you know what you're talking about and you're honest. And, it, and that's the thing. You have to be honest and transparent. And that's what Higgins and I try to do as agents. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's you know, agents can say something, but, you know, when you guys say it, it's, you know, it <laughs> resonates. But, you know, you're, you're great. You're, you're great. You know, like you said, whether you're draftable, um, PFA, FA, or reject, that's, going into you know that that's already pretty much done in your senior year yeah I mean uh for a lot of teams we start grading you get an initial grade after you know after your junior year before you even go into the senior year yep. most teams most scouts have a grade of you going into your senior year, senior year that they look at, yeah going into it and they're looking like before they even come see you at your school they have a grade um, that one that another yeah that another scout did, and that grade can you know sometimes that grade can be a little off. Um, so we're definitely looking at it for ourselves, but you kind of have a, a grade that you're kind of going. It, you have a grade that makes you go into that school, and that grade can easily change. But it's what, up to you. I guess that's a good question too to ask. I get that asked a lot from, from mm -hmm. parents actually. So mm -hmm. what can change that grade in uh, where you have a player? Let's I'll give it a scenario. Cause mm -hmm. I love scenarios. We have a PFA <laughs> graded player um, going into his senior year and, you know, he's got the size, you know, he just, he started, you know, his junior and senior year and, is there any way to bump that from like a PFA to potentially like a, you know, maybe a seventh rounder? Yeah. So the ways that I have seen those kind of grades change is, um, you know, just how you look. Uh, you're saying if the guy going in, you know, let's take a, let's take a linebacker. So you got a linebacker who, you know, junior, senior year, he's starting uh, he's putting up really good numbers, depending on what school you're at. You also kind of got to look at the competition. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at, we're looking at level of competition. 
we're looking at how it can translate. So if I see this guy in his senior year, he has 150 tackles as a linebacker, but the yeah. year before he had, you know, he had 90 tackles the year before, which is good. But then all of a sudden he had 150 tackles and 30 of them are for losses. And yeah. he had like three interceptions or something like that his senior year. That'll definitely bump up your grade because you're starting, you're going in there, you're dominating now. Um, yeah. One thing that you, that everybody kind of already knows is that in high school, you're probably the best of the best. In college, you're the best from your high school, from your area. When you get to the pro, you're the best of the best of the best. So 1%. you gotta be kind of a, do- yeah, you gotta be a dominant player um, to get us to, to pique our interest and be like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, for me, man, definitely, like you said, you try to, you know, you try to talk to guys about that. You know, obviously, the NFL is, I mean, it's It's the top of the top, right? Everyone's not going to make it, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean you're a bad player, right? Just because you're not part of that 1%, it doesn't mean you're not, you're a bad player. That doesn't mean, you know, you don't know how to play the game. But like you said, you have to be able to do something to get the interest of that scout or to get the interest of that team, you know, and it's a lot easier to get the mm-hmm. interest of agents than it is to get the interest of scouts. Right. So just because 15 agents are, you know, following you on Instagram and texting yeah. you and telling you, Hey man, you had a great game. Hey man, you had a great game. Hey man, you killed it out there. It's a totally different voice <laughs> coming from a scout. You know what I mean? It's totally We're not different. the ones that uh, gives them the uh, employment contract. Right. So, you know, yeah. a lot of times we deal with that as agents. To, to really kind of end this, there is a scout for the, um, he's actually a CFL scout, um, actually based in the Midwest. And he says, you have to be better than what we already have, or you have to have something that we exactly. don't have. And I'm like, that makes yeah. so much sense, but uh, it like it's not the like nicest thing to say, you know, because but I mean everybody might think that, but at the end it's of true. the day, <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> it really is the truth. Yeah. You have to be better than a proven commodity. There you that, go. I mean, like what he said, you have to be what it is. We already know what the guy on our team does. So mm-hmm. if I don't think that you can do that better not just as good if i don't think you can do that better multiple times better better it can't just be like oh like i think he could be a little bit better than him you got to be worth the risk to take the guy that we already know what he's gonna do get rid of him and give somebody who hasn't ever done it the opportunity to do it if you could give younger players who are listening some advice they may not know or, you know, any advice that you could give them from an NFL scouting perspective, what would it be? You know, something that, you know, that you might see in younger players or college players right now that just like a tip or something. Special teams. Special teams. Special teams. That's Sam it. That is it. Special teams. <laughs> that's that's the only, one, man. I say special teams. I say special teams because in draft rooms and meeting rooms all across the country, it comes down to the special teams coach. 
if you are talking about the 53rd and the 54th person on the roster, you're looking at the special teams coach and you're saying, can this guy play for you? Um, I like to tell a lot of, a lot of young guys, if you're the starting running back, starting receiver, starting defensive back, starting skill guy, and you don't have at least one like punt and or kick return on tape, ask your coach to be on it right now. One time. That's great. Or, or, or at least, at least work on it in warmups and practice um, so that when we do come to games and we see you in pregame, we can see you catching punts. Um, we want to, we want to know that you can do that. Uh, I mean, I, I've watched plenty of NFL games and you see a guy drop a punt. What do they do? They put another guy in there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's one of the easiest ways to get on the field. <laughs> um, even if, even if you're just on, even if all you do is, you know, you're the starting running, you're the starting running back and you think that you can't be on kickoff team and run down for a touchback. <laughs> like Wait, you're what? running yeah. 50 yards for a touchback. Yeah. Like just, I know you might be tired, but take those. Why are you tired? To run down the field. That was my client. Uh-uh. Yeah, and listen, I, I, I'm just saying like, take those 10 seconds, run down there on a kickoff. Maybe you get a tackle. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, in my report, I'm writing this guy plays special teams, and that is the first thing that I write in my report. Thank my report and my summary, they always start off with, hey, this guy is a starting running back. He also Danny. plays this, this on kickoff and kick return. Yeah. So right. special teams, try to get it on tape. That is, that is what I tell every young person. Get on Thank special you. It's a running head. joke. <laughs> I'm gonna send you one of these shirts. CM Tiger Management, <laughs> aka Special Teams. Yeah. Everybody's playing special teams. Yeah. I don't care who the hell you are. We're all playing special teams. Cause if they say special teams, you say what, when, when, yes, when. Yeah. What do you need me to do? What do you want me to yeah. do? Right. Yes, no. that is huge. I guess. <laughs> that definitely man i remember um during my time at university of florida i used to be at practice and i was always wondering like why coach meyer spends so much time on special teams like we would pretty much run Mm -hmm. the same period over again if he didn't like the way that the field goal block edge came off on the snap right we'd go back we'd line up again if he didn't like the way the punt block guys you know attacked the 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 uh, up man so for me, it was always interesting seeing that. And he put starters on special teams, right? It was like your starting running yeah. back running down on kickoff at Florida. The starting cornerbacks were gunners on punt team. And, you know, so that gave a lot of those guys opportunities to play at the next level, right? Because I, I guess he figured, you know, they, they may not be a first-round running back, but, you know, Chris Rain is one hell of a return man, you know? Yeah. You, you know, so... I always, mm-hmm. I was, as a young player, I always, I used to stand there at practice. One, I did a lot of standing at practice, BJ. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> a lot of. But you ran out of the tunnel. Hey, a, a lot of Gatorade <laughs> drinking, a lot of, a lot of standing and, and learning, oh, yeah. a lot, a lot of mental notes, uh, just preparing for that one play, man. Um, but yeah, special teams definitely important. And like I said, I, I preach that to my younger brother, you know, and it's like, hey, man, you know, you can't tell the quarterback who to throw the ball to, but you're the punt returner on the team. 
right? Make some plays, make a play. You're a kick returner, make a play. Mm -hmm. right? If the ball's not coming your way on offense, find a way to impact the game on special teams, right? Flip the field, right? Give, give your offense better field position. So definitely um, special teams. And I like, yeah. I, Sam, I need another shirt, Sam. Wait, uh, what happened I, to my shirt? <laughs> I know, like, I, like I've, I've been it? working out and these guns and stuff been popping out. So oh, like, it's too small now. Now it fits, yeah. It's a little <laughs> well, small, also, I'm, I'm gonna send BJ a special team Sam Tiger shirt, and that, that that should be my new mantra: Sam Tiger Management equals special, special teams. Team. I mean, <laughs> I say that. I mean, you know, special teams get you on the fifty-three. You know, I mean, it really does. Go on me. Definitely, it it really is. That is a conversation the that we thing. have every year. And every year it, it is the conversation how does this guy help us on special teams because it's going to become if it comes down to you know having a fifth linebacker or a fifth corner you're going to say which one plays special teams for you if we have a player that says no no i'm not really like that's not my thing what as a scout would you say because obviously as a scout you hold a different you hold a different title than we do. And, and you know, even though yeah. you and I, like I can call you and you and I are having the same conversation because, you know, we were, we've known each other for shit, what, five years now. So like, what would you to say yeah, to that player? Yeah, it's been a while. That player that I'm saying, uh, you know, you need to play special, you need this and you need to have this outlook, but he says no. Uh, I mean, like you said, if you're talking about a guy who's, not a, a first round impact guy he's not gonna be a automatic uh draftable guy i'm gonna tell him i'm gonna say you obviously don't want to play in the league because okay like <laughs> i love I mean, i'm it, not it, gonna it, lie it, i love that at, yeah uh, you you look at guys like um even a guy uh, i'll take it back to uh adam Thielen when i was in minnesota um he was a guy who wasn't drafted he was you know just kind of he wasn't he he went to a small school didn't have the most height but was a punt returner in college played mm -hmm. on special teams did a bunch of things uh kind of got on to the roster in minnesota because of his special teams and now he's a top you know top 10 wide receiver in the league that's amazing. Because he showed that he could do it on he showed that he could do it on special teams, and he worked knowing that he could yeah. do it on as a receiver. Yep. So he worked his way up, and he got a chance because he got the chance because he was on special teams. If he wasn't on special teams, he wouldn't have been in front of Laquan Treadwell, who's a first round draft pick. Yep. He wouldn't have been in front of Diggs, who is I can't remember what he was, but Diggs was another draft pick. He wouldn't yeah, have been in front of, you know, some of these now. other guys that are, yeah, well, I mean, but when he was in Minnesota, yeah, it's yeah. like, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been, you know, thought about with these guys, but he is because he found a way to get onto the field. And if you're trying to, if you're trying to play in the league, you got to find a way to get on the field, get on the field first and then work your way up. Let's, let's line it up a little bit. Right. So BJ. Do you have a funny scouting story, right? We always want to hear a funny story. He loves story. these love funny stories. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I love 
many stories, man. Okay, I'll, I'll let, wait, let me let me pervade into this. Let me let me start the first story. So how how do Sam know BJ? Well, we met at the combine. Higgins, your favorite place. Oh yeah. Yeah, BJ and I met at the combine. We were out. Oh gosh, it's probably been like four or five years now, and yeah, it's been about five years. It was pre-COVID when agencies had like sections at clubs and teams did and I was just like hey I'm like here with this like group of like it was like a marketing group that had some control and I was like hey do you want to come over and he did and then within like 10 minutes (laughs) I like had his Steelers ring and I was like okay whatever and then we were good friends ever since I still don't have I gave him back the ring everyone asking but <laughs> hey B- BJ man, how many how many drinks did it take for you to give someone your ring? Like you don't even know. I'm very her. honest. <laughs> oh, listen. Oh, listen. I'm I'm a very trusting person. I, I can tell. I, I, I look very trusting. I was, I was like I she looks very trusting and Thanks. we were at the combine and I was like, you know, what? I think I, I think I could catch her. My 40 would be very slow. So you had to go through a quick scouting uh, yeah. like uh, you know, she takes off. I, I think yeah. I get her. But let's lead into dun 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 your funny scouting story. Um, all right. So my funny scouting story, um, one of my very first games that I scouted, uh Penn State Rutgers. I was a young scout. My first time, I'm with uh, one of the older scouts. Um, we go to the game. <laughs> Where was it? I, at Penn State or Rutgers? I, it was at, at Penn State during oh, okay. a whiteout. Oh. So it was a night game. Oh, yeah. I love that game. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. The crowd was going crazy. We're up in the press box, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm looking at. It's going too fast. Like trying to watch a live game, you can't rewind. Yeah. So you gotta like look at the play. You gotta have binoculars on because you're all the way at the top. You gotta look. Okay, hey, who am I looking at? Oh, okay, it's 68 in the game. No. And then I'm like trying to write down notes, and then I'm missing the next play, and I'm just like. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was looking at. And um, I, you know, I played running back and defensive back, you know, throughout my whole life. Wasn't really a big offensive line, defensive line fan. And I didn't know how to like interpret some of these sayings that they say for offensive linemen. And I look over to, to, to Phil, shout out to Phil. Um, and he tells me, does the offensive lineman get in front of the guy? Does he just get in the way? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he said, start there and work your way back. And you'll learn everything <laughs> else. But it was just, it was so embarrassing. Cause I was like, all I got to do is know if they're in front of them. And just kind of like what Sam said earlier, it's like, is he better than the other guy? It, it, it sometimes boils down to the simple concepts and then you work your way out from them. Yeah. You know, just not knowing what the heck I was doing. Yeah, not knowing what I was doing and just trying so hard. My notes from that game are terrible. 
I was like writing up because it's not on a square. It's not on like lined piece of paper. So like my notes are all mumbled jumbled and I couldn't even use it. Luckily, I didn't have that wasn't like a real game for me. So I it was a mulligan, but definitely had to learn quickly on uh, how to take notes while watching a live game. And that, yeah, that was that's one of my funny, my funny stories. <laughs> That's slow funny. down that, you're doing more funny. than you need to bj yeah. <laughs> yeah. no i think i think that's something we can all take in this business though i think it's it's a business that throws you into i would say the sharks you know a florida reference you can say the wolves up north but i think mm-hmm. it's something that it's and I say this closed mouths don't get fed. If you don't ask, you don't know. So, you know, even if you're like an independent agent, like myself, who, you know, started out legit, like one woman by herself that has, you know, grown throughout the years, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, but I'm going to ask, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. it's grown. And now I'm like, okay, you know, I, do I know everything? Absolutely not. Do I know much more than I did, you know, X amount of years ago? For sure. And, you know, Higgins, I, you meet people and you, you know, your network connects, but that is, that's, that's definitely a great, great story. The last thing we like to do is talk about our weekends. So, I mean, what are we doing this weekend? I'm actually going out to my first game of this season, which is so weird to even say that because, you know, it's not normal November (laughs) but yeah (laughs) I'm going to the UCF Cincinnati game and then I'm also going to be doing a charity event with one of my NFL legends Kamar Aiken we're going to be doing a um, a free turkey drive in the Orlando community at his new business so it'll be a an exciting and uh, busy Thanksgiving you know pre-Thanksgiving weekend and then Thanksgiving I will you know be with the family but uh, what are you doing, BJ? How is Michigan? It's locking down, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, we just got locked down today. So uh, I will be stuck in the house uh, basically for the rest of the week. You can share the podcast then, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, I'll definitely. I'll be you listening can promote back the podcast. To... Yeah, so I'll uh, I kind of just be hanging out, uh, sitting around, watching some football. Thank you so much, BJ, for coming on with us tonight. This was this was fantastic. I think Higgins and I can both say, you know, you really you taught us stuff, and um, you know, our listeners are going to be so thankful. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Uh, definitely, man. Big big thanks to you, man. We appreciate it. Dropping a lot of knowledge on Sam and I, and as well as our listeners out there. I definitely appreciate you coming through. Again, I appreciate it. So so thank you guys so much for having me. And, uh, you know, anytime you need me on, just let me know. To everyone out there listening, make sure you guys tune in every Friday morning. Shout out to NFL Draft Diamonds. Okay, make sure you catch us on Believe Podcast and on all of your favorite podcast platform. And as always, help me help you. Show me the money.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.